Hello. Hi, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's been a time to get here to this point. Let me paint you a picture. I have been putting off recording this episode because I have been experiencing so much imposter syndrome. Because as someone who puts out content a lot, I've heard people kind of picking and poking fun at people that start podcasts just to start them. And I feel like my mind kind of went into that direction of hopping on that bandwagon of poking fun at them too. And so when I was updating and editing my content for you, I found that I was taking out quite a few design tips, stories that I wanted to share. And I'm thinking, oh my God, am I going to start a podcast? Is this really happening right now? And here we are. So yeah, I guess this is me breaking that barrier for me. Also, I'm filming from my closet. Super glamorous, I know. Because that's the one place in my apartment that doesn't echo. So forgive the audio. I'm doing the best I can. You're doing the best you can. We're just here together doing the best we can. So I'm going to eat an apple. So I've been going back and forth on what the first episode should be. What's going to be that first episode that very few people are probably going to listen to, but is something that is universally understood? I feel like in design or in any industry where you're given feedback on your work, it can naturally take a bit of a hit to your ego. And I figured that that's something that we can talk about. I was reading a book and it's about Pixar. I highly recommend Creativity Inc. Ooh. <sighs> Creative Inc. I'm going to look this up right now. Okay, no, it's Creativity Inc. It's a book written by one of the producers and creators of Pixar. And basically, it's a book that shares ways to run a successful company, I guess. But I was reading a chapter today. And there was something that the author wrote that really struck a chord with me. He was talking about when Pixar has a story, they bring it to a group of people. And this is basically a conference room of creative minds that will listen to the story and then give the director feedback. But the thing is, a lot of the time, the director doesn't want to take feedback from people that I would say are forcing their opinions on them. The book talks about ways that feedback could be given in a way that isn't threatening to the initial creator, which is the director. And there was a quote in the book that really intrigued me. It was, it hurts when they see something that you can't. There was an example of one of the writers saying how one joke in the Pixar script could be hysterical for him and he would be laughing on the floor but if nobody else is laughing, then they're going to take it out. And something that struck a chord with me is he mentioned it hurts when they see something that you can't. And this was interesting for me because as a designer, when they see something you can't, especially in your work, where as a creative person, you're dumping your mind, body and soul into this project and you're hoping that it makes somebody else feel that way too. After all, anything in the creative industry, it's so artistic and it does take time. That director could have written that script 
believing that it could be a masterpiece, that it can go on and do amazing things. But if the audience doesn't gravitate towards it, naturally that hurts him. It's like a threat to someone's creative abilities. Obviously, the book talks about ways that we don't go in that direction of taking things so personally because you absolutely, we absolutely can't in the industry that is creative. But this was interesting. The reason why they said that you shouldn't feel threatened by feedback is that you are not your ideas. I want to come out and say that everything I'm speaking about is really just my angle and take on it. A lot of people can have different opinions and that is okay. I'd really love to learn together and yeah, we're going to be talking about ego in relation to creativity. In my industry, an interior designer or any job that requires some sort of feedback, whether it's Google review, Yelp, maybe it's a tough conversation you have with a team member, it's always uncomfortable to receive feedback. People receive it well, and there are people that don't receive it well or show, but there's always just a little bit of discomfort. It is what it is, right? And I feel like it would be strange if there wasn't discomfort. For example, for me, when I'm creating a concept, for example, Orton, let's jump into furniture because I think this one is a big one. When my clients ask for me to put together a furniture board, I'm pulling from the concept that connects to them. The concept is kind of like color palette, that feel. Um, maybe their concept is a neutral palette and takes place somewhere in Italy. Let's just say that, right? And let's say that this person's concept ties into a memory that they got engaged on this beautiful boat and the waves were crashing and the sun was coming down and it was just amazing. And that's some that's the color palette that we're tying their space to. As the creative person, I am of course gonna bust my ass to make sure that the energy that I put into their project does their experience justice and of course carries that into their space. Art comes from within. It, it's not something that can be rushed, right? It's, it's something that you really just need to feel inspired by and just go with it. I have a really bad habit, side note, of just being in the groove and just missing lunch completely. I don't recommend that. Don't do it because I will. I always burn out. Anyways, when you're in the creative mood, you just carry on and you, it just feels good. It's a good flow. And you come out with something that you're so excited to present, right? We'll go and we'll present to somebody. We'll, I'll present to the client. And naturally, there are always going to be revisions. When I first started independently, I found this to be a little bit challenging because I took it really personally. I mean, if you're new to criticism, and it's your job, and you're getting paid for it, how could you not, you know? And and when I mean criticism, I'm talking about like, oh, I really like this chair, but let's, could we switch it out with something that's bigger in scale? Or could we change it out for this color? And then there's the feedback that's, I don't know where this came from, but this needs to go, <laughs> pretty much. And the thing is, both forms of feedback are completely fine because 
for creativity to work in a way that works for the client, they need to give their feedback. They need they need to tell me what I'm doing right and also what needs to be improved. As time went on, I realized that this is really just the way it is. Because a lot of times for something like furniture, there's so much that needs to be changed and specced. It's never a you do this, you present it, it's perfect, and then you move forward and then you have a perfect project. Because then I realized that that is the pace of TV. <laughs> that is a, quite literally the pace of TV. It's fast. It's literally 30 seconds or 30 minutes. And don't get me started with Instagram and TikTok because I'm my content is pretty guilty of it too, right? It kind of feeds into that quick content. But designs actually take a bit of time and collaborating. So that was something that was new for me to learn. You go into the project with the heart and that commitment to making sure that you're doing the very best you can to give your clients something that they can be happy about, happy with, something that connects to them. Of course, you are not there to experience said experience, but that's what revisions are for. And then it's kind of like a song and dance. You ask questions. Oh, like, is this color good? Do you kind of want to go a little bit more toned down? Do you want more muted colors? Is there enough greenery here? But I'm talking a lot on the design side. I also want to flip it to the receiving end of the person being presented a service or information that they don't quite like. Because I have been on that side too. Not for design, but I've worked with a few graphic designers and I kind of, I do understand both sides of it for sure. But naturally, I'm sure that they could be experiencing a bit of frustration, thinking we've spent so much time together and this is what we have so far. Like, Why can't they see what I'm seeing? Why can't they vision, envision what I'm envisioning? You know, just naturally like that downward spiral of negative thinking because there's doubt. I totally understand being on the receiving end of the presentation and not loving what is being put out in front of you. So to those providing the service, whether it be designer, whether it be, I don't know, a chef, maybe, right? You're cooking food and you get certain feedback on Yelp that something is too salty and you wanna move forward with it, but you're just not really sure how to. I'm gonna share three of my tips that I use to carry on in a productive way for the client, but also for you. The first point is the work you've done so far is never a waste of time. Even if someone looks at your work and says that they don't like any of it, at least you know. For me, I find learning what people don't like really helps me understand the direction that they do like. And then I'll be able to circle back with questions like, is there, why doesn't this pillow work for you? Or why doesn't this art piece, actually art is hard because it's so personal, but why doesn't this couch work for you? Is it the comfort? Is it the look? Is it the scale? Because our job as the creative leaders is to lead, lead with questions that help move us forward. And 
The fact of the matter is you wouldn't receive this feedback had you not put all that time and energy into creating something that they didn't love. It doesn't mean that it's done. It just means we go back and we make changes that fit the critiques that the client's giving us. Say you're learning to bake and you bake this cake. Actually, no. Say you're learning to make pancakes and the recipe calls for flour, sugar, butter, eggs, but your butter is in the fridge and you need to go and melt it. So you put the butter, you measure it out and you put it in a dish that you put in the microwave and you set the timer for 15 seconds and you continue on with mixing the ingredients. You're going through all the steps and you're finally flipping your pancakes onto that beautiful, clean plate and you're gonna have fun with it so you're stacking all 10 pancakes on top of each other only to realize that the butter is waiting for you in the microwave. And I have done that before. And (laughs) immediately it's like, gosh, what a waste of time. What a waste of time. What a waste. I made these pancakes and they will taste like cardboard because I don't have butter in it. Well, now you get the experience of tasting butterless pancakes and seeing and feeling that the universe's feedback of what butterless pancakes is like. And so hopefully that sting is going to make a mark on the way you make pancakes in the future because now you're left with this memory of eating pancakes that you don't love. But it wasn't a waste of time because you learned a lesson. Next time that you put butter in the microwave to defrost, you're gonna take it out earlier, like as soon as it's done, and put it right next to the wet ingredients so that you won't forget it. Not sure if that was a really good applicable example, but that was just something that came to mind. But it's never a waste of time. There's always opportunities to go back. The second point is ask yourself, is it overwhelm or outstanding? On the overwhelm side of things is naturally for when we're presented with a lot of stimulation, a lot of items that we need to check and approve. We can feel a little overwhelmed and sometimes, sometimes that can pour into our feedback. For outstanding, it goes without saying. There are some outstanding points that the client wants to follow through. I don't like this chair. I don't like this. This is what I do like. This is what needs to be updated. That is without saying needs to be revised. We need to go back to the drawing board and see how we can make it better for them. But when it comes to the overwhelm, that is a small part of the revision process that the creative leaders should kind of have a good gauge on. Because sometimes when we're faced with so much stimulation, needing to approve a blanket, a pillow, an area rug, couches, tables, it can get really overwhelming. And so sometimes the feedback might not feel very productive because It could be something like, I just don't, something's off and I don't know what it is. That kind of feedback. In which case, we would then pivot and ask them more questions about it. And we evoke answers 
that help move us in the direction that the client wants to move in. Does that make sense? I'm relating a lot of this to cooking because I do like to cook, even though I eat dinner at nine o'clock most days. But think of it as going back to the pancake example. What ingredients was outstanding in the original recipe? Well, we forgot butter, so let's not do that again. We're 100% doing 180 and we're putting butter into the next batch. Overwhelm is when you taste the pancakes and then you just don't know if you like them or not. You're like, something's off, but I don't really know what it is. You're right. That's like not great feedback because you just don't know what it is. You're just saying that you just don't like it, right? Like that's not necessarily the most productive feedback because there's so much to unpack in that statement. What is it about the pancakes that you don't like? Same thing about design. What is it about the design that you don't like? And all this feedback can be revised productively by asking questions. The third point is I try to give them space. No one likes to make a decision under pressure, especially when it's something so impactful like an investment on a $10,000 couch or their kitchen, you know? You just can't force it. That's why when I'm speaking with clients about their scope of work to see if I could be a good fit for them, I'll ask them what their timeline is. And I'll also ask them what they're in it for, right? It's different for everyone. The reason being is sometimes you'll get clients that have no emotional attachment to the project at all. I think that a more common one is probably developers, maybe real estate agents real estate agents more on the staging side, but you get the picture. Their job is to make a sell. So whatever looks great, you go ahead with that. Versus if it's a family home that was passed down for generations and it's a, you know, it has the old architectural exterior that they want to save, but bring the interior down to the studs and make a modern twist to that home that fits their personal style but still keeps the integrity of the experiences and the history that the family might have experienced in it. Two different sides, right? So obviously developers might not have, might not need a really big timeline. They might just want something fast and easy and just like, okay, that works, let's go. And so they might not need a lot of space versus a family that's bringing their full project straight to the studs. And the walls, if the walls could talk sort of deal, they would be sharing a lineage of stories. That's going to take a little bit more time. And That, again, is just my perspective because when it came to making logo revisions over the course of a week, I struggled with that, okay? It's not easy. It's stressful. It's anxiety-inducing when it's something you care about, right? No one likes that. No one likes the pressure. It takes the joy out of it. That would, I guess those are the three points. Those are, it's going to take a bit of, of a balancing act. Because 
as the creative leader, time and time again, you're going to have to zoom out on the project to see which end of it needs to be tackled to solve a certain problem. It's like if someone's knee is hurting because they have arches, like flat feet, like me. Instead of performing surgery on your knee, which could potentially cause more pain, you're probably going to want to do more of a dissecting the process on other areas of the design. Um, which in this case scenario would be the arches. Guys, I don't know. I'm really doing the best I can. I feel like I'm rehearsing these lines in my brain because I do have a notes in front of me, but it's not a script. I am literally reading points and sometimes I'll read my points and I'll think to myself, what in what the heck was I supposed to write there? What is that supposed to be? And I'm spelling things wrong in my notes. <gasps> ooh, I have, ooh, I have one more point that I hope you're ready for. It is that infamous, it's okay, but I don't love it. This is so real because even myself, I was under the influence. I need to love every single thing in the space to move forward. But something that could also really set you free is knowing that not everything needs to be something that we're in awe over, that we're in love with, because I would identify that as a focal point. And could you imagine a full living room full of focal points? Like the chaos, the chaos. Because then at that point, you just don't know where to look. You're just, you're just in awe of every single item there that it just feels very loud. And I'll give you an example of why you don't need to love every single piece of furniture that goes into your space. Think back to the last really beautiful interior that you looked at in a magazine, in a in on in architectural digest, in in a book, or maybe Instagram. We all have elements of our favorite pictures that really stick out to us or maybe pull it up on your phone an interior that strikes you as something insanely gorgeous you're probably not obsessed over as many items as you think you are you just love the combination of how they all look together let me give you an example imagine you're scrolling through your instagram or facebook and you see a beautiful living room perspective. It is an accent chair with a wonky table. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is stunning. It's just the neutral palette that just screams luxury. It's modern. It's Kelly Wurstler vibes. It is Jake Arnold vibes. You know, nothing better. Then take a step back and try to pick out the items that didn't scream at you but wouldn't give the picture the same effect if they weren't there. Maybe there's a blanket hanging over the side of a couch and it is just a jet black blanket. Nothing special, it's just a blanket. One of those throw blankets that like covers your leg. I don't know, they never tend to be very big, do they? <laughs> those are the details that I'm talking about that maybe you're not like, ah, oh, 
I love it. I just want to eat this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I love it so much. Maybe it's just something that helps the bigger pieces shine and makes for a cohesive space. I hope that helped. Um, So it turns out I lied. There were four points. I just organized them poorly on my end. But that's all I have. Those are any more I'm probably going to be rambling on. And I feel like I'm already doing that right now. I'm not really sure if this makes sense, but I'm sure you probably picked up on a few of the main ideas. Otherwise, this episode just could be a huge colossal failure, which we don't want. But I want to know your thoughts. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Taylor Rako Design. Otherwise, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, wherever you are. And that's my first episode. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy we got that out of the way. I was so stressed out about this. You know when you're in, you tell yourself you're gonna do something and you're like, you put it off for too long, you're doing it today. And literally, I was closing my eyes and cringing as I was bringing my computer and mic into my recording area. And it was just my body was recoiling, but my my legs were like, no, you're doing this. This is this is happening right now. (laughs) Because every time you postpone doing something, you always feel bad about yourself. And we're not doing that today. Anyways, thank you for hanging out. I love the connection that we have over all things creative and just really getting into the different elements of design that relates to so many different people. But yeah, I love and appreciate you. And You can come back and we can hang out again on Monday. Every Monday, there's another episode of It's All Perspective. And that's all. I've never done an outro before, but I love and appreciate you. And I'll talk with you soon. Bye.